son grief to his mother. Ill-gotten treasures are of no value. Righteousness delivers from death. Lazy hands make a man poor. Diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the... He who sleeps... um, I've lost my place. Um, Another one. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up dissension. Love covers up uh, all wrongs. What does it mean to live a wise life? As Reg said, we're starting our brand new series this week, working our our way through the book of Proverbs, trying to, to explore something of what God has to say to us about wisdom, about wise living. And you know, I've got to admit that that when I was preparing the preaching roster for this year, I thought twice about doing a series on the book of Proverbs. Because when we read through that, there are so many one-liners, so many pearls of wisdom that, that have just been distilled into three, four, maybe five words. Where do you begin with a book like Proverbs? I think, of course, the beginning is always a good place to, to start. And it's the only place to start. I, I think a lot of us, when we, when we think of the book of Proverbs, uh, our minds immediately jump to the one-liners like I was reading uh, just a few seconds ago. Uh, but, but the actual matter of the fact is that those one-liners, those Proverbs proper, only start in about chapter 10 of, of this book. And I'd like to suggest this morning is, is, is that there's a very good reason for that. Uh, those, those pearls of wisdom, those one-liners, are second-year wisdom courses. We, we need to do the prerequisite study first. We, we need to do the first ten chapters if we are going to be able to understand and, and make sense of the rest of Proverbs if we are in fact to be able to understand wisdom itself. If you want to understand quantum theory, it helps to know maths or basic physics. So let's, let's walk before we run and, and let's pray before we speak. Father God, thank you that you are the God of all wisdom and knowledge. Thank you, Father, that you are the truly wise one who calls and equips us to live lives of godly wisdom. Lord, I pray that that as we explore these few verses this morning that you would speak through me. Lord, that that you would speak into our hearts. Lord, that we might have a hankering after your wisdom. Amen. So this morning what we're doing is just looking at at the first seven verses to the whole book of Proverbs. Um, if, if we think of the book of Proverbs as a reference book to wise living, uh, then these seven verses are, are like the blurb on the back cover of that book. They, they, they tell us why it was written. They, it, it, we, we see the main points of what Proverbs wants us to remember. 
And if we understand these seven verses, I believe, we'll be able to, to spend the next uh, five weeks getting the rest of the book. So chapter 1, verse 1, we're told that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. I'm sure most of you here remember the story uh, of Solomon. Uh, it's in chapters 3, 4, 5 of, of 1 Kings. Um, just to, to fill you in, the, the story is that, that Solomon, son of David, the ancestor of Jesus Christ, uh, has taken up the kingship. And he's a godly man, and, and one particular occasion he goes and he, and he worships God, he offers sacrifices to God, and that night he's lying in bed and he's asleep, and in a dream God comes to him and says, Solomon, ask me for whatever you want. And Solomon says to God, you know, I really would love to have discernment. God, would you give me wisdom? And God is tickled pink that Solomon would ask for wisdom and, and he gave him wisdom like there's no tomorrow and, and he threw in wealth and, and prosperity and status to boot. I mean, look, look, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 30. And just look at, at how Solomon is described. Uh, we're told God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. His wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East, greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than any other man, including Ethan the Ezraite, wiser than Heman, Calcol, and Dada the sons of Mahol. I've never heard of them. Obviously, they weren't as wise as Solomon. <laughs> uh, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He described plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He taught about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. Men of all nations came to listen to his wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. And the book of Proverbs open and says, these are Proverbs of Solomon. Um, as a matter of fact, not all of the book of Proverbs comes from the mind of Solomon the king. Um, in fact, there's quite a few authors who, who put it together, but, but, but a large chunk of them at least come from King Solomon himself. And his writing for all those of us who want to ponder and explore what it means to live under God in God's world. He's given us this book so that we can think through what it means to belong to God. What it means to live wise lives. What it means to please God. Remember when, when Solomon asked God for wisdom, God was tickled pink. God really thought, this is brilliant. This is the right thing, that you should seek after wisdom, that you should seek after my own heart. In fact, verse 2 tells us that, that, that Proverbs, the book, was, was put together for attaining wisdom and discipline. That this book is it's a repository 
of insight, that, that we can move out of the pages of the Bible and into our hearts. It, uh, we're told that we attain it, we, we gain it. it. It becomes part of who we are. And notice here that it's not just wisdom that we get, but, but also discipline. And that's important to remember because the wise life is more than just knowing all the facts. The wise life is more than just memorizing a few proverbs. It's, it's, it's a discipline. It involves thinking through what the proverb says, thinking through who God is, thinking through our life situation and putting all of those together. And I think the second half of verse 2 explains for us that, that, that these Proverbs are for understanding words of insight. You can memorize this whole book and you won't necessarily be wise. But if you spend time in it and you ponder it, you will learn to think. You will learn to spot wisdom in the wild. You will learn to, to see it and to apply it to your life, to, to get the implications. I mean, just, just think of the gospel stories that Jesus told. All of those parables and proverbs and riddles that he told to the people. The book of Proverbs, I believe, is there in part to teach us to understand the mind of God. To teach us to, to have a thinking head that, that we might explore what God is on about. That we might think through what Jesus meant by those Proverbs and apply them for ourselves in our own lives. We've got the book of Proverbs, verse 3, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. Or I, I like how the New Living Translation puts it, the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. You remember the story of uh, King David, Nabal, and Nabal's wife, Abigail. Uh, it's about 1 Samuel 24, 25. Um, Basic story, this is while King David is still on the run from Saul. He's been commissioned by God to be the next king. Um, and, and he spent some time looking after the shepherds of, of this bloke, Nabal, who's a pretty wealthy bloke, he's got lots of animals, and King David and his men have been making sure that they're okay. And it comes shearing time and, and they go down uh, to Nabal to do the shearing and, and King David sent some messengers to say, Nabal, we've been a good friend to you. How about giving us something in return? How about some food? And, and Nabal would have known that this was the man chosen by God to be king. But he turns around and he says, you've got to be joking. I'm not giving up any of my food. I'm not giving up any of my stuff. Get lost. Long story short, the news gets back to David. David is understandably a bit miffed. Gets up on his horse or whatever it was with his men and they're going down to kill Nabal. Meanwhile, Nabal's wife, Abigail, uh, 
finds out what has happened and she gets some food together and she rushes off to intercept David. And she gives him the food. But listen to what she says. Uh, 1 Samuel 25, 25. Abigail arrives and, and sees David. And she says to him, um, May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool, and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I didn't see the men my master sent. Why am I telling you this story? The book of Proverbs was given to us, we're told, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, for doing what is right and just and fair, for understanding words of insight. I think this story illustrates for us what it means to live a successful, godly, wise life, as opposed to that lived by the fool, the wicked man, Nabal. I mean, he was a fool. I'm convinced he knew that David was, was to be king, chosen by God. He certainly knew that David was in the vicinity with a whole bunch of armed soldiers. And he didn't think through his actions, he didn't fear God, and he, he told David to get lost. All he thought about was himself and, and his own satisfaction, and his own greed. And then we've got the picture of Abigail who lives a prudent, successful life. Who realizes that it's not wise to tick off a king who is on your doorstep with a hundred armed men. And who also fears God and knows that David was chosen by him. And I'd suggest that the book of Proverbs was written so that we could learn to be like Abigail. So that we could learn to live successfully so that we could learn to do justice and and, and to do right and and to be fair. And you know, looking at those three words, right and just and fair, it strikes me that the fingerprint of a wise life is the fingerprint of God. I mean, isn't our Lord the righteous one who does right? Isn't the great news that Jesus is the just one and the fair one? We saw it in Colossians a few weeks back that, that, that God doesn't play favorites. He is fair. The wise life is a godly life. And the introduction goes on in verse 4 and it tells us that, that the simple have, have plenty to gain from Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 14:15 tells us that a simple man believes anything but a A prudent man gives thought to his steps. As I said earlier, the the book of Proverbs is there to teach us to be thinking men and women, to grow us in in wisdom, to to give prudence to the simple. And being prudent isn't a bad thing. Uh, To be prudent is to think life through, to to get ready for what's ahead, to, to act shrewdly, to have discretion, to be discerning. Um, there's a great example in, in Matthew chapter 10 where, where Jesus is sending his disciples out to share the good news about who he is and he tells them 
Um, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as doves. In other words, said Jesus to his disciples, I want you to be prudent on this missionary journey that I'm sending you on. I want you to have discretion. I, I want you to spot those who are not going to welcome you and I want you to, to, to share the good news with those who will welcome you. And as we look at Proverbs, we learn, we get an inkling of what it means to live a prudent life. And I know looking out here, there are plenty of wise people in this congregation. But this book of Proverbs has plenty to say to you as well. I reckon one of the greatest signs of wisdom is humility. Is knowing that there is always more wisdom to be learned. You can always become more and more like God. Even the wisest Christian can benefit from guidance. So what have we seen so far? We've seen that wisdom is something to say for all of us. For the simple, for the young, for the wise. For every single one of us here in this place. We've seen that, that the book of Proverbs wants us to live godly, successful lives. But the key to understanding the book of Proverbs, and, and if you haven't got a single thing that I've said, get this verse. Verse 7. The foundation of a truly wise life rests on fearing God. Any knowledge, any wisdom, any understanding that doesn't rest on a foundation of knowing God and knowing that He is creator and sustainer and redeemer or any such knowledge has got a fatal flaw. It's like building your house out of sugar cubes. Or to put it the way Jesus puts it, it's like building your house directly on the sand. And if the foundation of, of our understanding and our wisdom isn't on solid ground, isn't on Christ alone, then at best it's temporary and at worst it's a hazard. And when the storm comes and when earthly wisdom comes face to face with the wisdom of God, earthly wisdom falls. In verse 7, the second half tells us that fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools who don't fear God, who, who build their lives on shifting sands. And you know, obviously there are, there are clever people out there in the world who don't fear God. There are even, dare I say, some people who are wise out there who don't fear God. But at the end of the day, you can build this most wonderful palace of wisdom. But if it doesn't have foundations, you've wasted your time. 
You've wasted all that effort. You've cut off your face despite your nose. Not even your nose despite your face. It's been ridiculous. I, I like how Paul puts it for us in 1 Colossians chapter 1. That's 1 Colossians. Did I say 1 Colossians? Boy, I've got Colossians on the brain. <laughs> 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verses 20 to 25. Paul says to us, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs. Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. True wisdom begins with God. True wisdom begins with fearing God. And, and, and for us, this side of the cross, fearing God means trusting Jesus. Means knowing Jesus. Means being a worshipper, a believer, a follower of Jesus. Because in Jesus, God has revealed to us who He is and the fingerprints of who God is, is ultimately the wise person. Wisdom itself. The righteous one. The just one. The fair one. Our Lord, who has become for us the wisdom of God. We are in such a great position to read through the book of Proverbs. Because, you know, before Christ, the people would read through and, and they'd be trying to, to understand this wisdom, this knowledge of God. But our foundation is so secure. We have Christ in us, the wisdom of God who teaches us to understand His wisdom. You see, I'd like to say that Proverbs is out to teach us to live wise lives. And in Jesus we have been given new life and God is working to make us like Jesus. God is working to make us wise like He is wise. And our challenge this morning is to see life, to live life through the lens of who God is.
I pray that, that this place be full of wise people who have a hankering to be like Jesus. That when God comes to us and says, ask me whatever you would, we would say, Lord, we wish to be wise. Lord, make us like you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you alone are the truly wise one. Lord, thank you that you are the the one in whom all knowledge and all understanding finds its rest and its home. Lord, I, I pray that you would give us wisdom. Lord, thank you that you have given us your Son. Lord, may we become more like him. May we live wisely. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Um, One last song. It's an old hymn, Be Thou My Vision. And I love the second verse in here. Be Thou My Wisdom.